0: And so many moons ago, I had missed my forecast. And so give me a high five if any of you sales managers, sales leaders listening to this have ever missed a forecast. I know the feeling, right? But let me tell you the backstory behind it. So up until December, it was a mid-year end. We did a fabulous year. We overachieved the numbers. The contests were all ticked and people were all charged and they delivered a phenomenal quarter end. The team Partied hard into the new year and we had a hangover and everything, but we went into the new year feeling excellent about ourselves, the morale of the team was high, we were feeling like champions and so on. So suddenly, one fine day, I realized that we are going to miss our January forecast. Looked at the calendar, it was already 29th of January. And as the proverbial shit hit the fan, in the February review, the management asked us, so why did you miss your numbers? And I said, well, team was fatigued. For how long? Like, what? Yeah, how long was the team fatigued? For five days, 10 days? Like, oh, well, I didn't think it from that standpoint. I said, look, look, assuming your team partied really hard and they were tired for from January 1 to 5, so you must have been at, say, 20% of your productivity. Post-January 5 to January 10, you would have been at, 40 to 50 percent, assuming you know that the rate of recovery is faster. And by January 12th or 15th, you should have been at 80 to 90 percent of your productivity. Now, if you map the productivity that you guys have actually done, it does not mirror the fatigue recovery. That means fatigue was not the problem. I was like, wow, that is so out of syllabus. (laughs) I didn't think of it that way. So, yeah, so what is it that you could not replicate? from what you did in december if you did everything right in december why could you not do it in january and you are like chief january people are customers are not there you said so really country was not working in january did your product line change anything different happen in january you know there comes a time in every business review you know that the shit is going to hit the fan big time and it's time for you to sit back and relax and let the shit happen and I had reached precisely at that point. And so friends, join me in this fascinating episode where I tell you what really happened on that day and give you a fascinating insight into how to dig yourself out of that hole painfully, (laughs) along with it, your team as well and lift their morale to get them back on track. Hello and welcome to Bus Talk a podcast about your work-life balance or the lack thereof where we do simple talk in the world of complex commentary the life around work and sundry it's for those who need support in strife stuck in the traffic of work life hoping to find a method to the madness joy in sadness clarity in confusion and sanity in this commotion welcome to bus talk You know, some managers are upfront nasty and they have this particular look on their face and, you know, it spells trouble with a capital T. But then there are those who are very sweet and very brotherly, elder elder brotherly kind, kind of a face they have and almost like they'll give you a hug and come sit or champion, how's it going? You know, very healthy. And in a flip of a second, you know, just that smile disappears and they dive in. And it's almost like, you know, the shark teeth come out and the fins emerge from the water underneath. And they have a completely different look on their face. So in this instance, when we were analyzing our January debacle, something similar happened. You know, so this manager asked us, asked me rather, that, well, uh, what was that you do it differently in January. And I said, we didn't do anything in January, which is very different from what we did in December. If that is the case, then why the results were not the same? I said, the market is not the same because customers who we had to pull deals, uh, we you know pulled forward the deals from January into December. So we kind of exhausted our pipeline. So we needed to build more pipeline. And so he said, well, how many years have you been in the business? More than 10, 15 years. This is many years back. So I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've essentially effectively seen at least 10 Januaries, right? He said, yep. Mm-hmm. So which January was different from the other? I was like, uh-oh. Uh, I said, look, most Januaries have been slow. So he asked me, so how did you map out your forecast? I said, look, it was the typical January forecast. We knew that, Getting to uh, 100% would be a challenge, but we put in a high goal and we were hoping for, you know, to get around 95, 97%. And so, and this is on a stretch uh, number. And so I did forecast 97% attainment. I said, Great, but then where did you land up? I said, Land up at 85. And so that's well below forecast, isn't it? I said, Yep, that's true. And so what could you have done differently? I said, I don't know. Maybe forecast hundred and ten percent but I didn't want to because, you know, it would be having a fudged pipeline, which does not in real sense exist. So, he asked me and there was this proverbial pause, you know, the AC ventilators cooled down further and, you know, there were shivers around the room. Suddenly he said, so, what's the moral of the story, Ayan? I He said, uh, "We have to plan January better? I said, yes, but how? Well, to plan January, you have to begin in October. If your sales cycle is 65 days, you can't create a pipeline in December and expect it to close in January. So as step one, you would need to keep January in mind right from, say, 1st of October. So that by the time you get to December, these particular accounts are in a stage where they're mature by January. And this balancing act of pulling forward some of those deals and keeping something which you'd close in January is the way to manage attaining January's 100% forecast. I said, wow, that, that was fascinating. What else could you have done differently? And then it struck me that, you know, I did not calculate the available days to work in January. One of the things that we often make a mistake is we think that January is 30 days where, or 31 days, where in reality is that, first of all, it is not 30 days, it is 22 days owing to the weekends. Then you take over a Sankranti and a 26th uh, January and a long weekend here and a long weekend there. That's another two to three days gone. So 22 minus two is 20. Then the fatigue factor, which is actually a case, right? Uh, so you, you take away two or three days from first to third or first to fourth. So four days gone. So twenty minus four is sixteen. And then there would be one day in CRM updates and pipeline cleansing and QBR and planning and blah and what have you. So assume you lose about your working day or eight to ten hours gone there. So net of the story is in January you only had 15 days and That's the aha moment I had during that conversation that there were no 30 days. If I had planned for 15-day forecast, perhaps I would have reached my forecast a little more accurately. I could have perhaps still missed my numbers. That's possible. But at least I would not have missed the forecast. As you all know that missing forecast in sales is criminal. You can perhaps miss your quota attainment, but you cannot miss, miss your forecast. So big lesson learned there was count your days in January to the last hour if need be. And then if in January, then why not in February and why not for the whole year? And then before you say hello, you realize that there are no 365 days. There are at best 250 days. And if you take away uh, AWOL or unforeseen leaves and, you know, strategic uh, Friday fevers and Oh my God, I didn't expect this doctor's appointment on Monday misses. Then you take away another five, seven days from the year. So you have actually 240 odd days to get to your forecast for the year. And that's how you've got to plan your days. Whether you like it or not, that's that's the tough part of being in, in the business. And so this was all about how to take yourself out and get on top of the business. But it also means the activity that you do in January has to be at the same intensity that you did in December or November, whichever was your best month. I mean, how many times have you sat down and noted the three or four things that you did exceedingly well in that particular month where you overachieved your forecast and try and replicate the same three things in uh, January, in uh, October, In um, March, you know, these typical months are when big festivals happen or there's a general slowdown, right? October, November, the Sera Diwali, around March, mid-March is holy and so on and so forth. So these are the days before and after where you tend to slow down on on the pace. And so what activities that you do in the preceding months or the subsequent months where the activities are high, usually, as is the case in most organizations, that the moment you get to your quarter end, if you're, for example, if you have a fiscal from January to December, for some reason, people pick up the moment in around December. So the 10 activities that you do to pick up momentum in December, are they the 10 activities you are not doing in January? That's something to think through, right? And the last part about, you know, the self-analysis, if you will, from that event that eventful morning of the business review was to understand the deals that were in play. Calculate all the deals that did not close in the previous month on a typical conversion, right? If you had created $100,000 of pipeline, say $20,000 closes, what happens to the balance $80,000? At what rate and when will you close out the balance $80,000? So if you put it in terms of deals, if you had 100 deals forecasted for, say, the end of December and only 50 closed, then you head into January by 50 balance deals. Are you tracking those balance 50 deals to the last detail? And at what rate are you closing them? If there is even an inch lesser, for example, there were 50 deals that needed to close. So 50 equals 100% of the deals in January, and you suddenly see, no, of that 50, also only 10 or 20% 20 closes, then again, you are left with the balance that moves on to February. And then you have to figure out if it crosses the sales cycle, the average sales cycle, then those were the deals which were never supposed to be in the forecast in the first place. They were just placeholders, which were inflating your pipeline. And that's the way to filter out the blackboard security what i mean by blackboard security is you know the numbers that you write on a typical blackboard with a chalk can be rubbed off anytime or you know with a whiteboard marker can be rubbed off but forecast is written in stone cannot changed it's etched in stone once you commit to a forecast you cannot alter it at least not below if you have to alter it above then it has to be in the variance of three to five percent tops Anything more than that means you're not on top of the business. It was a bluebird deal. It somehow came from somewhere and you had no freaking idea. And so that doesn't augur well for you as a business leader. All right. So that eventful morning unfolded with these learnings that you would have to understand the number of days available and plan your forecast properly. You have to take care of the carry forwards and close them out within January and that. The January pipeline cannot be built in December. It has to be begun in October. These were the three takeaways for me. But then I walked out of the room and I knew I had to deliver a similar message to the team. And that was a tall order. Simply because heart of hearts, I knew that really tried hard and stretched and pulled everything out in December. And there was almost like tank empty. But here was the real deal that at the end of it, we were playing catch up in February because of our January performance. So the choices in front of me were very difficult. How to lift the mood of the team, yet show them the reality without really upsetting them? And how do you achieve this balance? Let's find out. I was inside the huddle room with the team members sitting in front of me. A lot of them were dejected. They knew that I probably had a tough love conversation with the senior management and they were expecting something on the similar lines. It was hard simply because they had tried as much as they could, but it was also true that we had not planned. And so armed with all this management gyan in my head, I was left with a choice. Should I now lather them with this new found knowledge gyan and make them realize or Just sit with them and have a bro talk. You know, like, dude, what's happened has happened. Let's make it better. The next and let's push harder and, you know, the usual pep up talk. And then it struck me, you know, either ways, this is like being prescriptive with the team and you're constantly telling them what to do. And so in this instance, I tried to reverse the trend. So, I sat myself down and I said, you guys, now tell me, what are the three things that I could have done differently to salvage January? There was a silence in the room. So, I repeated the question, what could I have done differently in January that we would not have missed our numbers? And it's then ideas started to come up and something. some of the ideas were even more original than what I had heard inside the huddle room in my management review. One of the practices that happened, and I'll give you some of those ideas, some of those interesting thoughts that came around in that discussion. But the realization happened to me was, sometimes it's neither the carrot nor the stick. Sometimes it's the self-realization that needs to occur. And the self-realization that transcended in that room that day was that it's just not my business. It is your business. It's just not my success. It is your success. And you have to be responsible for your business, your success at all times. And that's where the conversation between tenants and owners came into being. Owners are those who take ownership of every damn situation. Every damn contract, deal, follow-up, check, double-check, recheck, pipeline, forecast, think ahead. These are the typical traits of owners. Who are the tenants? The tenants are those who come in the day, do their bit, go for coffee breaks, come back and then, oops, now time's up, I've got to go. They are the tenants. And so the question was, I asked this question to the team, how many tenants do you know who have gone on to become leaders around you. Again, there was a silence. And each and every leader that we mapped in and around the organization at the time, each of them were owners. Not just me, but everybody. Every single leader was an owner. They were not tenants. They were not just doing their job. They were owning the business. And so I was glad that my team had this self-realization that we have to take ownership of our success, of our well-being, of our growth more than anything else. And since that February morning, I've never really had to chase my team and say, hey, you're going to miss your forecast. Hey, are you going to do that? Of course, I was available for any unforeseen challenge or trouble that came along the way. Or even cushion them, even you know, when some of these one-off instances happened. But the operative word was one-off, exception, aberration. It no longer was a trend. This continued over a period of time. And believe you me, same time the following year, in January, we hit our numbers. And you will not believe how happy we were. In fact, it was such an amazing piece of news that... We not only did the December well, but we were happier with our January success. Why? Because this time we planned every single bit of it. And so friends, as people managers, sometimes lifting the team's morale is becomes a lot of heavy lifting on your part. And then the team gets dependent to be motivated to, to the weight that, oh, uh, somebody, there will be a shoulder to cry on. That's one way of looking at it. The other angle is that I've seen many, many managers who go very hard at the team, they play blame game, they point fingers, oh, it's because of your deal that slipped and everything. And then an animosity between the team and unrest and unhappiness with the team develops. So, if you can spend some time in hiring well, and in fact, the story starts from your hiring stages to understand what really ticks these people? What is the trigger point for their success? Are they owner mindset or are they tenant mindset? What have they been in their previous roles? And if you have already hired the team and they are in front of you, can you therefore make all of your team members owners? And what as a manager can you do to make them feel a sense of ownership, not just of their numbers, but of the business of their own lives? Can you help them do that? And so in the end, some of the examples that came by from the team were so fabulous. One such example was to have a customer courtesy call day. What do you mean by that? We had a bad reputation of selling, closing the deal and forgetting about the customer until their next initiative came by a year later or whatever. There was no call, no interaction that happened in the interim. And so one of the team members came up with the idea why don't we all give a courtesy call where we go and check with the customer how their experience was and believe you me it was a fabulous exercise that the team did for about four weeks about three weeks actually the fourth week was reconciling the data and the aha moment there was 60 percent of the customers were pleasantly surprised with this interaction we got 30 more leads out of it of which 25% added to our pipeline simply by saying, look, I'm calling you just to say, hi, how was, how is the product functioning? How has the service been so far? Some of them were happy. Some of them were not happy. Those who were not happy, we stuck to them, heard them out and fixed their problem. Those who were happy with the product, they were even more happier that we did not forget them. We came back to them and we had a cup of tea or coffee with them and asked, How's their business, how's the product impacted their business, their careers and developed a trust that we are not this, you know, fill it, shut it, forget it kind of people, but we are here to travel with you as a true advisor, as a partner with you. And ever since these self initiatives that came from the team, we have I wouldn't say we have never missed a forecast. But I can tell you that the times that we have missed a forecast have been very few and far. In fact, I can only remember once after that in a space of five years or six years where we had missed the forecast, and that too there was a completely different reason, non-business reason. So it was a great success, and I'd urge all of you guys to spend time with your team to help them understand what really makes them happy. And I'll end with this comment that I had read somewhere long before that, you know, the cricketer Rahul Dravid once said, I don't need additional motivation to play for India. When I wear the blue cap, then that's where my motivation, my ownership, everything comes. know, I'm paraphrasing, of course, this is not literal. But the gist of the story was, you do not need additional motivation to be successful for yourself, for your team for your company or in, this, in that case well, is country. And of course, you can't compare the passion for your country to that of your company. But the spirit is the same that you have to be happy to take ownership of the job that you do. And you don't need additional motivation to be successful in your own endeavor or path to success. And that's about it for this episode of Bus Talk. I do hope you had a good time listening as much as I had sharing these thoughts with you. And if you did, just scroll below and find other episodes of Bus Talk. Share it with others who might appreciate similar content. Here's the good news though. If you had any specific questions or want me to cover a specific topic which matters to you, send me a note on my email gyanban at gmail.com which is g-y-a-n-b-a-n-n at gmail.com and I'll include them in the subsequent episodes. Or... You could leave me a voice message using the link below. Reach me on my social media handles on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hashtag gyanban. That's Gyanban. Or you could go on to podpage.com forward slash bus talk. That's B A S T L K. So be sure to tune in next week. There is a fascinating episode coming right up. And till then, stay safe, stay well, and bring your A game to work. You are listening to Bus Talk, and I'm your host, GB. Peace out.